Hi, everybody. Welcome to the M and Mom podcast, episode five. Well, we are not medical professionals, so don't think that we know all the facts. We're just trying to help. That is a true statement, particularly today. Because based on an experience that mom had this week at the doctor decided to talk about um, some of our frustrations and our wins um, when dealing with medical offices and whatnot when struggling with an eating disorder. So I went to and first of all, let me say I have a fantastic doctor. Um, I have an autoimmune disorder and I believe I've had it for at least 20 years. And it, vo- it involves like swell. Um, and for 20 years, people have just been like, you're having an allergic reaction. And this doctor is actually the only one that took the time to figure out why this was happening to me. And she was the only one that determined that I did have an autoimmune disorder. And I've been symptomatic for like 20 years. So I fully and completely respect the doctor that I go to. Um, But when I was there for my well check last week, we talked about all kinds of things. Um, But she looked at my chart and she was like, oh, you've gained a couple pounds. And I made the statement, I've gained a lot of weight over the past three years. And she said, okay, why don't I put you on this medicine? And I was like, what is that medicine? And she wanted to put me on a diet pill. And, um, I was kind of shocked, first of all, like, but I, I, all I could get out was like, that will never happen. I will never, ever go on a diet pill. And, but then when I left the doctor's office, I was like, well, that's weird because on every other topic, like, she's like, what symptoms do you have? How does this make you feel? All of the things, but on the weight issue, She did not ask me anything about like, why do you think you've gained weight for over the past four years? Is there anything different going on? Are you menopausal? You know what I mean? Like anything. She was just like, we could put you on a diet pill. And so when I told Emily this story, um, she said that um, we should do an episode about some of the frustrations that we've had. Um, just as someone who had an eating disorder and someone that was trying to parent someone with an eating disorder, some of the frustrations we've had um, in doctor's offices or emergency rooms or surgical (laughs) centers or all of the things. Um, And just like, I mean, I have gained a lot of weight over the past three or four years due to several reasons like but, and gaining weight is not bad right it's absolutely normal and there are reasons for it like I'm over 50 I am menopausal I like helped someone through an eating disorder which meant that a lot of times I ate way past my fullness to support my daughter who also had to do that to recover um I have an autoimmune disorder. I'm on medicines. Like life happens. Bodies change. 
that's what's supposed to happen. There is so many natural reasons why people gain weight and in our society, which is literally just filled with diet culture bullshit. It just says that, okay, so if you gain weight, then that's bad and we need to put you on a diet pill, basically. Right. So anyways, that experience was kind of disheartening um, because I would have been hopeful that she would have talked to me in the way about my weight gain in the same way she talked to me about my other medical concerns. So anyway, that brought us to thinking about and remembering all of the struggles and some successes um, that we've had in dealing with some of our our issues over the past several years. Yeah, I oh, uh, I this episode is so hard for me because <laughs> like every time this is the next topic we're doing, but literally every time I go to a doctor's office, I say that I have a history with anorexia. I say that I have a history with excessive exercise and I get weighed and I don't look at it because that fucking triggers me. And then I'm like, I don't want to know what my weight is. And they either like have a piece of paper on the desk in front of me with my weight on it, not hiding it whatsoever, or it's on my medical papers. Like, or it's on the computer screen. Or it's on the computer screen. Like, yeah. And then after that, I literally am just like, I don't want to eat because of that number. And right. And oddly enough, this is one of your biggest triggers. And this is something that we did not even cover when we talked about the eating disorder voice. Oh my gosh, yes, we didn't. So, like, I appreciate doctors and all that they do, but also they've, like, really fucked me up but also a lot have also like helped me in tremendous ways I just it's really hard for me to do this episode and not be like I hate doctors which I don't it's just there have been so many instances where like they have made my recovery so hard right right there was one instance when Emily had, um, she was having back issues. So we went to an orthopedic doctor and we talked about her history with anorexia. And we talked about that. They, she cannot know her weight. It was like written. I made sure it was written like in bold letters at the top of her chart. And she went to get weighed and the nurse weighed her blindly which means that she stands on the scale backwards so that they can get a weight and so Emily does not see the weight but then we were in the room together and this woman had her weight like written hugely on this piece of paper and she had the paper lying on the table and so I got up and I put my hand over the paper and I was like she you cannot lay the paper down like this like she cannot see this number And she was like, oh, okay, like, I know that. I'm so sorry. And then when it was time to check out, she handed us a piece of paper that not only had her weight on it, but also had a whole huge long sheet about what to do to reduce your BMI. Literally. Which also the BMI is bullshit. 
It was created hundreds of years ago by white men who know nothing about race. And I have so many articles that I could literally link to the Spotify, but there are so many articles that literally say it has nothing to do with your health. Zero percent. Yeah, it was, what was it, like somebody figuring out a mathematical equation for something that wasn't even related to humans? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the details, so don't count that as fact, because... Hold on. I have this article. Let me just read a little. It's also it's from Harvard. So just fun fact about that. Okay, so it says BMI, a poor metric for measuring people's health, say experts. Clinicians should pull back the widespread of using body mass index, which is BMI, as a metric for assessing people's health because it can lead to patient distrust and delayed care, say some health experts. According to an October 24 article in the Montreal Gazette, criticism is growing that BMI, a formula that uses height and weight to measure body fat, is flawed, crude, archaic, and overrated proxy for health. They oppose to its continued and use arguers developed based on white males and has little valid valid thank Bel- you validity <laughs> for other racial and ethnic groups and that is sometimes used to deny certain people joint replacements and other surgeries. So this is literally from Harvard. Yay Harvard! Yeah, yay Harvard, and. Like, there's so much research. Like, literally look it up. Like, if you look up, like, why BMI, like, the first thing will be, like, why it's not trusted or why it's a bad way to measure or, like, all of these things because there's so much research on how it actually is bullshit for health. Yeah, we we have always promised to not use numbers or anything in this episode, but I will use my numbers. Um, I am five foot seven, and I just found out that I weigh one hundred and ninety two pounds, and I am considered morbidly obese according morbidly to obese. my chart. That is bullshit. Yeah, and I'm a healthy. I exercise frequently. I, like, can keep up with, you know what I mean? Aside from my asthma, like, I could hike in Colorado. Like, I feel like I'm healthy. And then the BMI literally says that you're not. Also, I just hate the word obese. Yes. Okay, anyways. Okay. Um, While we're speaking of research, there is also a lot of research that, like, the National Eating Disorder Association of America actually posted a slide once that said that only 20% of people that are going through medical school are given the option to learn about eating disorders. No, seriously, like, my aunt is went to school for years to be a nurse. She is now a professor at a university teaching students to be nurses. And she said she never learned about it. And 
it is not on the curriculum of what she is teaching. Like, nowhere to be found. Um, and that just makes me go insane because this is why all of these things happen to me. Because nobody knows how triggering it could be to see a number when you're in recovery and when you gain an immense amount of weight. Because obviously during my eating disorder, like, I would go on the scale all the time. So I knew my weight and that number when I was super low just like felt great and it felt amazing. So when I see a number that is like way more than that, obviously my eating disorder brain is going to go insane. And the reason why I'm seeing these numbers is because people in the medical field like what mom said like they are not educated on eating disorders so they will just no matter what I say about I have an experience with anorexia excessive exercise I can't see my weight they will they will not do anything they will put it on the desk or they will give me papers with my weight on it as I leave like they don't know how triggering it is for people with eating disorders and no wonder why so many people have eating disorders because of the doctor well and well and like the men the staff too it's not just doctors it's like nurses it's like the receptionist staff the entire like medical office um hasn't been properly trained on eating disorders and that's likely because doctors are not trained as part of their curriculum nurses are not trained as part of their curriculum so then like they can't train like the front office staff to like know that either and what why does your weight have to be on every paper right but it's even even though that number is super triggering like it goes to more than that because like if a doctor's office like my doctor's office was just like you've gained some weight I'm putting you on a diet pill that's what if someone goes in there and has an eating disorder and that's what they say to the person that's fucked that's like very harmful um and eating disorders are not just in people that are like super only six percent of people with eating disorders are below a healthy weight right so that means that 90 plus percent of people with eating disorders are in bigger bodies right and so when you're in a bigger body and you have an eating disorder and this voice is coming at you like you're not good enough and all of the things that we talked about in the last episode and then someone tells you you're overweight you need to lose weight it just like feeds into that medical professional right right whom you're you trust yeah like it is and also like we're not saying shit about doctors like doctors literally saved my life and like dietitians saved my life but we're just saying that there's actual facts and I have an aunt that went to school for years and is a professor that they do not get any knowledge on this so Right. And we're just saying, like, our experiences with how freaking triggering it can be. And, like, 
diet culture is so normalized that like when I was dying I thought everything I was doing was right because like everybody else told me what I was doing was right so imagine like a person who has anorexia and a bigger body literally going to the doctor's office a medical professional where like you go for help gives you diet pills like what does that say well it not even gives you diet pills but just like talks about like um we need to you know what i mean like your bmi is too high what can we do about that can you like um eat healthier or exercise more or you know what i mean even just simple conversations like that really feed into an eating disorder someone with compulsive exercise someone with restrictive and remember you don't have experience with binge eating but binge eating and bulimia is also like a huge aspect of eating disorders that we don't even have knowledge about right and binge eating is like the number one eating disorder around like the world so and then when you binge you feel guilty and then you either restrict or purge and it's just like a whole mess that I don't have any experience with well you have some experience with not throwing up purging but your purging was via excessive exercise right but I have no experience with binge eating and that's like the number one eating disorder yeah and that would could lead someone to not be like underweight but if you're binge eating, you may be over, you may be overweight and it, like atypical anorexia. Right. Yeah. And some people who binge eat are uh, weights that we don't even think are quote unquote wrong. Right. And like right. the doctor's world, like literally everybody has different bodies. Right. Oh, yeah. Um. Uh, I'd also like to talk about, well, we've had some successes. I don't want to forget to talk about like the signs of an eating disorder that sometimes get missed, but we have had successes. We have had um, like Emily's physician um, literally was just when it got really bad, she did not let us leave her office. She was like, she's being admitted and we're calling them right now. And like they, you know what I mean? So and we also, when Emily had her back surgery, there was this super sweetest nurse there. She was the best. She was the best. She was the surgical nurse. And Emily had to go get vitals or something. And so she was just talking to me. And I explained our whole story. And that, like, our biggest frustration is seeing weight on papers and stuff. And she was like, wow. Like, I, I it just shows up there. Like, I don't even know if we could remove it. And, but at the end, like, it was gone. Like, Like, she had purposely taken it off for me. She figured it out how to do it special. That's just, like, crazy. So, like, her height was there, but the weight just was blank. It was, like, honestly the coolest experience from, like, all of the other experiences I've had in doctor's offices. Where, like, I mean... I mean, that sweet nurse was like, I don't even know if I could take it off. Like, it's just automatic. And the fact that that's, like, 
even if they got doctor's offices, just makes, like, eating disorders more triggering. Right. Because, like, can they do something about it? Like, she did. Right. But it's just, like, crazy. So, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like we taught her, I we taught her something that she didn't know. And she did something about it. It was like, it was such a cool experience. But so that's mostly what this episode is about, about our frustrations, first of all, but the fact that like, I wish that there was a way that medical professionals could be um, like more aware. Right, right. Like that they could, that this could be part of their curriculum. Like when they're going to school or even that's, like professional development days or whatever. Necessary. It's so necessary. Yeah. Because there have been moments when I've seen my weight and. Oh, when they, well, because you were an adult before the surgery. So they, they called you and right. you couldn't even like get in a word in edgeways. They were like, hi, I'm calling to prep for your surgery. Your oh my is gosh. This. I remember that. Yeah. You went, you were like, I remember that. Yeah. You were like, oh my gosh. Like I haven't known my weight in over two years. And then then you called me in a complete downward spiral. Like I have to go running and I'm not eating. And do I really weigh that? And I mean, it was like one of your most horrible days. It was in recovery. Like guys, she literally called me and she was like, your height is this and your weight is this. Correct. And I was like, I could, like, I literally couldn't even say anything. So that's another thing. Like, I literally wanted to lose as much weight as possible after that phone call. And it was so simple. It was right. just someone from and, a doctor's office. And all of the majority, it's funny that, I mean, this has happened everywhere you've gone. It's happened at like urgent cares, at your primary care doctor. It's happened, um, at emergency rooms but the most frequent place we had issues was at the orthopedic office the amount of athletes that go to an orthopedic office is huge and the amount of athletes that have eating disorders is also huge and like also athletes with eating disorders like it can be so normalized. Like, even in the dance world, it's like, oh, like, you should eat to be fueled, but, like, don't eat too much because you need to fit in your costume for this year. Right. And, like, like gymnastics, wrestling for Pete's sake, wrestling is horrible. Right. you always have to make weight. So, like, if you weigh too much, then you have, like, 24 hours. And again, like... To meet weight or whatever. One in three people with eating disorders are men. Like, it is not all women. Right. It's... It's just so crazy to me. I don't know. Well, and in athletes, I I don't, I don't know the exact numbers. I did a post on it a couple of years ago. But in athletes, half of all women athletes have trouble with disordered eating or eating disorders and like 25% of all male athletes. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's just, 
it's really hard for me to go to the doctors and to like trust them just because of like how many bad experiences I've had. Well, and it's not even going to the doctor for an eating disorder. It's going to the doctor because you or have like a check infection. Or what? like I remember I went to the like medical place across from my university and I literally just went because I was like sick. Like I had a cold or a sinus infection or something. And I told her I was like, I have history with anorexia and excessive exercise and I do not want to see my weight. And she put the paper on the table right in front of me. Like, for a cold. Yeah. And we do need... Yeah, so it's, like, ear infection, migraine. You know what I mean? Like, every time Emily goes to a place to feel better about a whole nother issue, like, she ends up getting triggered and in a very, very um, bad place. And it's very difficult as a mom to, like, watch this continue to happen. Like, she's going to the doctor for migraine issues and... She comes out, like, totally triggered. Like, freaking out. Yeah. But also, like, we're still talking about good things about doctors. I literally, because not asking, asking not to be weighed is so easy. And some doctors will let you and some doctors won't. But at that same office, I was like, can I not be weighed? And she was like, yeah, we'll take your weight off your papers. So, like, that's a good thing about it. But at that same place, I also had a triggering experience about it. But they fixed it for me. Right. Right. Uh, Even though, like, I still know my weight in my brain to this day. But it's just... It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about, like, my stomach issues? Yeah, we talked about this in earlier episodes, but that's another thing um, is that traditionally, like, at least in our instance, like all of the stomach discomfort and like trouble with eating and stuff, like it was assumed that it was like a GI issue, which technically I guess it was, but it was like a GI issue or a problem with gluten or a problem with like being allergic to some type of food, gluten, dairy, blah, blah, blah. Um, So it was, she had gone to the ER a couple times and there was one one ER doctor. She went to the ER like three times with chest pains and like stomach discomfort. And every time they were like, well, it's just a GI issue that happens in young people. Like, usually there's not a reason for it. Um, One ER doctor did, like, say, you need to really be mindful of eating disorders. Um, I remember that. Yeah, one out of three. But it not eating causes those issues. So, or, like, having a, a restrictive diet and then, like, I don't know. I can't speak to binging, but I do know with Emily not eating enough to nourish herself, those were the symptoms. It was like stomach discomfort. So like if you try to eat when you haven't eaten, it's going to hurt your stomach. But if you don't eat, your stomach's going to hurt. It's just this like circular thing. Like your stomach hurts because you don't eat and then you try to eat 
but it hurts your stomach. So then you don't eat. So your stomach hurts. It's just like this eternal, like gut issue. Right. And a lot of times it's thought that like, it's something happening with the digestive system when really for us, it was the eating disorder that was causing those uncomfortable moments. Right. But it was not easily diagnosable potentially because we didn't understand like Emily and I didn't understand that she had an eating disorder and the doctors were trying to find like a medical reason for all of these things happening. But one of the medical reasons that was not considered was an eating disorder. Right. Right. And I didn't even get diagnosed until treatment. And it was by a, it was by my therapist because it's a mental disorder. Right. Um, so I, I also think that's crazy because that wasn't even like a doctor's office where my diagnosis. Well, n- not necessarily because your primary care physician is the one that referred you to treatment. So she diagnosed you. Not with like the specific Right, that's true. I mean, but she was like, you you need help for right. an eating disorder. But yeah, she wasn't the one that says that you have like anorexia with compulsive exercise. She was the one that referred you right. to the treatment facility, which then, I mean, like she was the one that said, yes, we're in eating disorder territory now. And I think she was like, I literally can't do anything about this. So you need like a a better place to be. Right. Right. Um, But she did. Yeah. She was aware that that was the issue at the end there. But anyway. So. And can I go back to my surgery? Yeah. So, the surgery for my back was that sweet lady who, like, figured out how to take the weight off of the yeah paper, like, uh, off of the system completely. Yeah. And I remember, like, every doctor there, they were amazing. So yeah. great. Absolutely. Um, you had a great were, like, checking my temperature and, like, my blood pressure and, like, my heartbeat, and they were, like, you're really healthy. And your weight. They knew your weight. Right. And it's like, I think that was just like, so incredible for me to hear because like these medical professionals that are just doing like simple, like vitals are telling me that like, I am healthy and I'm in like a healthy body and my body is like working And, like, after recovery, that's just so great to hear that your body is, like, working well. And that you, like, healthy in my mind is, like, my lowest weight. But, like, the doctors were, like, you are healthy right now. Well, and that was, like, three days after you got the phone call of the lady, like, confirming your information. Right. So you had just gone into this spiral of, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I weigh that. And then you actually had medical professionals telling you that you were in a healthy body. 
So I think that was just like really affirming and that was I don't know. Like that's a I mean this place was just incredible. Um and I feel like I other than like the lady on the phone call or the waits at previous like appointments. Right. Like the surgery, they were just like so aware and I just think I'm like really thankful for that yeah for sure and so a lot of what we're saying is is 100% our experiences but it can also be generalized in that like not every medical professional is uneducated and we have had experiences with medical professionals that are very educated Mm -hmm. in eating in eating disorders but we just wish that there was a way that there was something that we could do to like help educate people in these instances and like help to, and not like be like, Oh my gosh, you're horrible, but be like, you're a really good doctor. And we just want you to like, or nurse or like receptionist person. And, but we just want you to be aware that the way that this is happening can harm people completely yeah that's like what happened to me and has probably happened to so many people in eating disorder recovery right or people who have been like experiencing eating disorders which just feeds on eating disorder even more right or people that have them and can't be diagnosed because it's just like the knowledge of what the symptoms are and what you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it took us until you got really, really bad. before like dying. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was a good like seven, eight months there when you were having all the symptoms and all the all the things. And there were people like our primary care physician had mentioned it and was like, I'm keeping an eye on her because this could be something more and the ER doctor, but, like, it took eight the, months. Yeah, it took eight months to, like, finally. And it was when it was, like, really, really bad. Like, I just think of, like, what happened if, like, we realized it earlier. Right. I don't know. Yeah. And even with therapy, like, a lot of people are, like, oh, well, I go to therapy but if there is a true difference between an eating disorder therapist and a regular therapist. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's important too, because eating disorder therapists are like trained to know like what that voice does to you. Right. And most eating disorder therapists have experience in the eating disorder. Right. And same thing with nutritionists. Right. A nutritionist and an eating disorder nutritionist are two completely different things and so I feel like in those instances like you can you can truly tell that those people have been educated right but I remember Amy my dietitian didn't she say that like she didn't learn anything about eating disorders in her schooling yes how crazy is that I I think, like, we would have to, like, verify with her, but I think 
she said that she kind of had to learn it all when she worked at your treatment center. That's like crazy. Like she's a freaking dietitian. I don't know. Crazy. Yeah. So now I now when I'm at doctor's office, I just refuse my way entirely. And whenever they give me papers, I literally just give it back to them. Because I'm like, I've experienced this so much that I, like, know what to do. Right. Like, if I go to the doctor and they give me antibiotics and tell me, like, that I have ear infections or whatever, then I don't need the damn paperwork. I just take the antibiotics. Well, and for such a long time, like, I would go to the doctor with you. Even though you were, like, 18, 19, 20 years old, I would go with you and because... It was just, like, before you started refusing weight to be weighed, like, it was just so triggering. Like, I would have to walk up to the person and put my hand on the paper, or I would have to, like, be the one to collect the papers at the end. Like, it was kind of like you were an adult, and I still had to go with you to every appointment so that you were safe at the doctor's office. And again, safe at the doctor's office. Yeah. Like, where I should feel safe. Um, and I remember I, like, did a post about it, and I was, like, I hate that this is a place where I go to feel better, and every time I leave, I feel worse. Right. I've done several posts on it. And, yeah, we just wanted to, I was, like, really hesitant to do this episode because I am just, like, so angry about it. But I think it's, like, really important for people to know. And, like, if you're in eating disorder recovery, like, be aware. Right. Um, Since, like, I've experienced it. Right. And you have the power to say, I'm not getting weighed. Right. And you you have have the the power to, like, give back the papers and be like, if I actually need these, you need to cross off my weight with Sharpie, like, five times. Right. And Emily has done that. I have. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, yeah. And I kind of wish I would have said something to my doctor. I will the next time I go in. I was kind of just in shock. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Like, rightly so. But, like, we have the power to help educate yeah it's just it's hard yeah yeah crazy topic crazy but once again without medical professionals emily would not be alive right so i mean like we are we are giving all the props to all the medical people we are just wishing that like there was more disorder education was like part of their education right because it's literally not well and it's not their fault that they don't know about it's not their fault right like they go to medical school for a very very long time or they go to nursing school for a very very long time for a lot of money yeah and but it's not in their curriculum curriculum yeah that needs to change. That needs to change. A hundred percent. Yep. Like, 
so many of my nursing friends too are like I these are not in my classes at all and it's not their fault like a lot of my friends only know about eating disorders because of me right um but it definitely needs to change because eating disorders are so serious and the fact that like I've had these experiences that have like literally almost caused me to relapse right like not okay right and it's not just like oh you see your weight and you move on with your day like really you were triggered to the point of wanting to relapse like I literally was I remember that day when I got the call and I had just ate lunch and I was like, oh shit, like I need to get rid of this. And I was like, oh my gosh, you had a sandwich. That's like way too many calories. And I remember I got a salad for dinner and I was like in my suite sitting on the couch and I just like did not want to eat it. And Tara's like, I'm sitting next to you and you're going to eat this damn salad. Yeah. Like, and, and it was a freaking salad. Right. That is not a proper dinner. It's not. Well, it's not. Yeah. But anyways, the, um, you, okay. So put it in context. You were having back surgery because you had a slipped disc. Your slip disc was the most severe case that the doctor had seen in years. You mm-hmm. could not stand. You could not walk. You could not sit. And when you got that phone call, you called me and told me that you were going for a run. Yeah. And your body it was not capable of running. But you, your body wasn't even capable of standing or sitting or walking. And you were like, I'm going for a run right now. You know what I mean? You you weren't physically capable of running at that moment. And that was still, you didn't care how much pain you were in. You were going to go running. Right. I mean, that just shows how triggering it can be. Yeah. Like, straight up. Sorry, doctors, but. Well, once again, I truly feel like it's not their fault because medical school does not teach them that and nursing school and whatever. Yeah. You can't fault them for something that they weren't ever educated about and educated on. Like they literally went to school. I know to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. All right. Well, this was, an episode. <laughs> it was an episode indeed. Yes. <laughs> um, again, like we are not shaming doctors in any way because you have not been educated on this and there have been so many instances where like doctors have been like so incredible and amazing to us. But oh, we and they've been willing to hear us too. Right. Like, they've, they've been, been willing. So willing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but these have literally been our experiences and we're just putting it out there. Yeah, but they've all been very willing when we say like, hey, listen, like 
this is a problem, they've all been willing to correct it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or do whatever they can to like be helpful. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to episode five. If you're still here talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We love you. Peace. Have a lovely day. Thank you.